0: Hey, what's going on? It's Boston Rob. I had two podcasts to address all the critics of Game of Thrones. I feel like I... Or, first of all, uh, welcome to the Boston Rob Show. This is not a strictly... This isn't a... Uh, uh, what are those podcasts called? Like, Talk to the Throne, Talk of Thrones, uh, Chatting with the Throne, The Iron Chat. This is not one of those Game of Thrones podcasts. This isn't. If you're listening and you're new... Uh, I'm a masshole, and I like to do a podcast that's just purely entertainment, whether I'm talking about my life or something in the news, or epic TV shows with Drogon the Dragon burning cities to the ground. Um, I, My focus lately on Game of Thrones is, well, number one, because that episode this week was, it felt like it should have been part of a movie. <laughs> it didn't feel like TV. HBO, I tip my hat to you. My uncinematically learned hat um but there are so many podcasts articles critiques uh op-eds whatever you want to call it there's so much coming out about game of thrones and i get it we're at the end we're one episode away from it being done over and done with This thing is gonna wrap itself up, and I think people are getting disappointed because they expected or wanted more. But I say, you're going out with a bang. This isn't like The Sopranos, which I did not watch, but I heard all the complaints about the ending of that series, where it just went to black. Some people liked it, some people hated it. That, I felt like, was kind of a, a little more of a cheap shot than what Game of Thrones is doing. Game of Thrones, whether you like it or not, is killing everybody. They're, they're ending stories. There's no question marks about it. And I think what people... What I've seen are these really heady articles. <laughs> I feel like heady is all, oh, an adjective that should really used be only used with uh, cannabis. Like, that's a heady cannabis, man. Um, but I have to use it for this because some of the language they're using, it's like, I get it. You're smart. I get it. You're smarter than me. You write for revolt or... Uh, whatever Vox, or whatever the the clever website name is, and you are, you know, using all your lexicon right now to essentially just bitch and moan, complain about that episode and how deep the character arcs have been. But here's what I want to say to all the critics. Essentially, Game of Thrones, why I loved it so much, was that it was even in a mythical, fantastical realm setting, even though this was just a fantasy genre, it was really uh, striking a chord true to the heart of humanity, that people and their flaws can just be so basic, so necessity, selfish, ego-driven that you know, a lot of the times people die with no payoff. You know, people die, uh, like I've struggled in my life to understand, like, you know, my dad did so many great things to help so many people, and then he just killed himself. Like that, like, it was like, wait, what? He did what? There was no meaning to his life. There wasn't, I mean, yeah, he helped some people, but life is that cold. My mom just went to sleep and died. She didn't even hit 50. She went to bed one night and just didn't wake up. And my brother had to find her. I feel like Game of Thrones was playing on that chord. And that chord alone through all eight seasons. Yeah, there were some cool things done. There was some redemption. There was some of this. There was some fantastical Hollywood-ness about it. But ultimately, at the end of the day, some people just effing died. And sometimes it was for a cause. Sometimes it was for justice, even for injustice. But ultimately, it was just mortality kicking in. The old Grim Reaper coming back to call your name. And that's what I loved about it. I thought and uh, you know I told my wife at some point when she was like oh you're finally watching it I went yeah and they're not killing enough people like there should be more deaths because in it, you know if we're talking like a mythical mythical uh fantasy show that's kind of medieval times more people are de- the the rate of death the lifespan I mean you see some of these old wise dudes that are you know advisors or truth say sooth soothsayers or whatever there were not too many of them let's be honest (laughs) a lot of the good people died young and quickly i like that about it i liked when stuff didn't get paid off and it was just like oh they're dead yep that seems about right in a in a time with dragons and people just wielding swords all (laughs) willy-nilly um but it's so funny to see, like, so some of the biggest complaints, if you're a Game of Thrones fan and you have not been reading all these articles like I have, one of the biggest complaints was about Jaime Lannister, the Kingslayer, who was kind of redeeming himself and went to fight the White Walkers against his sister's abandonment of humanity, um, and sleeping with Brienne of Tarth, uh, which, you know, my take on that, like, so if you don't know, he, he, if you missed it or somehow weren't paying attention, he slept with this chick that had never been slept with and just was more, uh, masculine, very tomboyish, big night shaped girl, night with a K. Um, and people like somehow thought that was his re- he was like turning into a different person the whole time. I'm like, especially at the part where Jamie Lannister's laying in bed and is like, I'm getting out of here. I'm going back to sleep with my sister. (laughs) I'm going back because, you know, I want to be with my sister, which that's one of the one of his storylines that him and his sister have an incestuous relationship. Uh I thought, you know, I thought when he was when he even he first made the move with Brienne, I was like, yo, this dude is gonna regret this in the morning and he's skipping town. How do you not see that coming? You know he's not going to live happily ever after up in the north, <laughs> this dude, and for all these writers, who are like, I'm so upset that they didn't even didn't even give us more of an episode or more time in the episode for Jamie to explain why he went back to his sister. It was just like humanity's flaws are just that, and they're they're overpowering, or it was much more heady. Uh, I'm not going to read the article for you; they're everywhere if you want to find some. But the whole time I'm reading it, I'm like, "You idiots! He's been in love with his sister the entire show. I mean, if this guy's sleeping with the sister, he has no common sense about him. He's kind of a whack job as it is, and he's always going to go back, especially after sleeping with a woman who looks nothing like his sister, is quite masculine, and I'm and I'm not taking a du- I'm I'm not dissing on her. I'm just saying, he he slept with her, and the 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 hangover that next morning the walk of shame for him was a ride back to king's landing and he was like i gotta get out of here that was his reality it was bl- mind-blowing to me that all these heady writers for these millennial hipster websites don't didn't get that it was like they were like way overthinking it I'm like no it was just that basic one article even complained they were like I wish they had given us more than him just staring into a fire and then getting up to leave for King's Landing and go to be with Cersei, his sister. And I was like, really? He's staring into the fire the whole time thinking, did I really just sleep with Brienne of Tarth? Did that really just happen? My God, what have I become? And that's a guy who's who's sleeping with his sister saying it, you know? He had to sleep with her to hit rock bottom and go, I gotta get the F out of here. I know my sister's dying, but I'd rather die with her than live a full life with Brienne of Tarth. That's it. He's shallow. (laughs) He's been shallow the whole time. How do you not see this, you mother effers? You overthink. Maybe your weed is too heady, and and it's got you writing these long articles. Which God, if that's the case, can you get me a job where you work? Because I could overthink this ish and write some long article that essentially makes no sense. Well, I guess somebody's got to get paid to fill up that page space. Why not be you? The other thing was people multiple complaints about Denarius after they rang the bells and she destroys the whole city. And by the way, ringing the bells was meaning, hey, we surrender. We're opening the gates to the city. We're ringing the bells and you can come in and take, take the city. We, we've given up. It's saying uncle. And people were complaining that Daenerys really had no lines. They, all you saw was her riding on a dragon burning it. But before she burned the city, it was just like her eyebrows and her facial expressions translating to you what she was feeling. I nope, I had no issues with that. I totally got it. I went she sees the city and she's like, you know what? All my life I've wanted this. And you know, it's just I, I'm not I'm not gonna be accepted here. I don't fit here. This is not my thing. And and what am I gonna do? Leave a city to essentially revolt against me if if the chance? That's how medieval mythical fantasy realms work. If you leave these people alive, they will eventually turn and stab you in the back. So what did she do? The wisest thing a ruler could do, burn that mother to the ground and hope nobody survives. <laughs> it was a brilliant, a brilliant move for the new queen of that realm. The queen of Westeros. Is Westeros the whole world? I don't know. Is Westeros the equivalent to us calling Earth, Earth? See, these are questions I just, I don't care to know. Um, And I should, if I'm talking Game of Thrones, because some of these articles and things I've read, I'm like, oh wow, I I really didn't know that. I like the dragon's name. Listening to people talk about it today, I went, oh, Drogon. Wasn't that the dude that Daenerys married? Drogon? Carl Drago? Carl Drogon? Drogon? I don't know. But these people asking this show to give them more when did you, I, I want to go, did you miss what just happened? Never in the history of TV did they just spend an hour and a half letting a dragon burn a city to the ground. <laughs> Meanwhile, they're like, hey, check out the cameo. Aaron Rodgers is getting singed to ashes right here. I'm like, that's pretty cool. That I don't need a line from Daenerys or a tear from her or her explaining why she's going to burn that city. I get it. If you've been paying attention for eight seasons, anybody left alive that could potentially grow to be your enemy will. And they'll kill you. I mean, you gotta face that at the present being, never mind the future. This girl's sealing her future as ruler. And she's letting everyone know this is what happens when you go to war with me. It was brilliant. So, you people writing for these hipster websites, F off, get a clue. Get a clue. That should, I would like to make a t-shirt that says, get a clue, uh, Denarius, or it's not, or I I don't know. I'll I'll work on the phrasing. My God. But get get a clue. Game of Thrones. Um, (laughs) all right. I want to talk some more. I'll do it in just a minute, but I want to say, if you enjoy this, if this is entertaining for you, hit subscribe. It's like setting it and forgetting it. You will be alerted every time I upload a new podcast. And if you're new, please take a moment. Go all the way to the bottom of the podcast page. Click all five stars. That helps the podcast grow. It helps this podcast reach new people. If you leave the podcast with a five-star rating for the Boston Rob Show, I will forever be indebted to you. And when you are the breaker of change, chains, I will I will get my uh, wildlings army to, to back you. <laughs> Is that good for the Game of Thrones fans? Is that a good way to put it? All right. I'll be back in one sec. The other thing I wanted to quickly address when it comes to people, critics, hipsters, millennials, whoever, old and young, it's mostly young people, let's face it, all those iron chats, chat of the thrones, chatting the north up, wildling chat 101, whatever the podcasts are called and hipster millennial articles. They've all done these clickbait titles of Mother of Dragons, The Breaker of Chains, Daenerys has went from hero, saver of all, saver of the realm to villain in in no time at all. And it's become ironic where they use all these, these these wordy descriptions of her to call her a bad guy. And I go, what? She's a bad guy now? I get it. She burned millions upon millions of people, essentially. I don't know how big that city was. But they were complaining, saying she had no motivation. What I at least in that episode, give us the motivation for her to burn the city with her dragon after they surrendered and rang the bells. And I go, have you you obviously aren't a Game of Thrones Thrones fan. You are not paying attention. The last episode, they had captured her best friend, Missandra, Missa Missandry, Miss Missandria, Miss whatever her name is, and they beheaded her right in front of her. That was enough to not only defeat them in battle, but to put a little salt in the wound. People are basic. You, I mean, people have done much worse for way less. This, this mother of dragons watched her friend be beheaded after saying listen you surrender now and i won't use my dragon to kill everyone she she was loud and clear on that so it's funny to me that people are now calling her a villain which i say she's she's the smartest one out there she knows that in the game of thrones everybody's coming for you everybody and how much more motivation do you really need than seeing your best friend be beheaded i mean for real that girl's been with her for what I don't know since the beginning of time here in Westeros and watching her killed like that you know and not getting the chance to save her I'm sure she really didn't need any more motivation even as a city surrendered and women children and the like the innocent and otherwise were all being burned to death I think Daenerys was just like F this place man you're not gonna respect me anyways (laughs) oh man it's funny to see how intense people are scrutinizing this stuff and looking for stuff that's i don't know maybe i'm the idiot because i think it's obvious i think she needed no motivation besides killing her best friend and everything else that has happened up until this point i think that was the biggest motivator that and i mean all that's going on in her personal life with Jon snow stuff like that i mean let's face it for real you got the power of a dragon right and the guy you love is kind of like putting you off and he's also you know done some gossiping i mean you don't want a woman scorn right and we just saw the epitome of a scorned woman taking it out on a city with her dragon You do not want to be her enemy. Let me say that. John better be whistling a new tune. There better be flowers on that throne when she gets home. You hear me, John? (laughs) It's just, it's, it's so, it's almost as interesting uh, because I normally do not watch, read, or listen to any of these podcasts or after shows for Game of Thrones, like the fan, the fan critique shows I don't but today I have been because it's so interesting to watch these people go so deep into the realm like so so you almost want to go like hey calm down calm down a little bit the people are referencing the books they're referencing like the littlest things that maybe didn't really mean anything but they're tying it into other things it's It's fascinating. And ultimately, I think it's because I love seeing that, like, people geek out that hard. But what bugs me is that when they're, like, disappointed, or not disappointed, but when they're hating on it. Because you don't get much more of a spectacle than this season. This season has been big battles, wars, some serious gossip drama. It's included a dragon burning a city. I mean, it's been pretty spot on for entertainment, which is what it is. And when they start to complain about Cersei sitting in a window, drinking red wine, I saw a great tweet the other day that said, you know, here's to Lena Headley. Is that her name? Who plays Cersei for getting paid a million an episode to just sit and smirk out of a window while drinking red wine. And I thought, where are the women that complain about the pay, pay gap? I wonder how much Jon Jon Snow is getting paid. And he's doing a lot of the heavy lifting. He's in wars and battles and this and that, or maybe not even a Jon Snow character, any of the dudes. I don't think they're getting paid as much as Cersei. Cersei is the lightning rod in that episode. And I thought, good for her getting paid to just stand in a window, drink wine, and look like an arrogant, smug queen. So just remember that when you're complaining about that pay gap. I'm just still bitter on that Mark Wahlberg story that keeps, keeps coming up. It, it seems like whenever people need to complain about gender uh, pay inequality, they bring up that Mark Wahlberg story and they just cease to remember any of the details to it that Mark Wahlberg donated all of that money to that girl's uh, legal defense or defense fund or whatever that actress started as a, as a way to help other women get equal pay. Um, so Mark didn't even take the money. So technically, that girl got paid more than Mark. Um, okay, Game of Thrones is ending next week. I might do some more Game of Thrones chats because like it's all the rage right now. Maybe if somebody hears this, that works at Vox, Vice, Retro, uh, Rex, Real, Real to Real. That's <laughs> that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna start my own uh, trendy news website and call it Real to Real, and I'll compete with Vice, <laughs> and I'll send people to go find out uh, about this Malaysian coffee beer that is only made with the beans eaten and pooped out by feral cats. <laughs> I love those weird stories. My favorite thing about Vice and Vox and Rex TV, Revolt TV, whatever, whatever these things are, they're all like... this spawns of Spike TV, which I think Spike TV was the, like, you know what, we're we're a little too much for ourselves. We're just gonna call it a day. And then Vice was like, finally, I can fill the space. <laughs> and all they have all these like young, trendy, millennial, hipster anchors, and they intro their videos and they're like, hey, I'm Tad from Brooklyn. And you're like, you're definitely not from Brooklyn, number one. You probably just moved there um, with your parents' trust fund. But good to see you telling about us what's coming up. And they'll be like, hey, I'm Tad from Brooklyn. And and, in this adventure, we go to the Middle East war-torn place to where somebody's making artisan coffee mugs. You're going to love it. (laughs) It's so like, what the F? They like, we get it. The world is weird. And you're going to highlight it. Um, I do appreciate following them on YouTube though. That's enough of me ranting and raving. If you enjoyed this, please give the podcast a five-star rating so more people can find out about this podcast and I can finally achieve my dream of sitting on the iron throne where the iron microphone sits and I can talk like a real podcaster. Um, and make sure you hit subscribe. Like we always end this podcast. I always end it like this because I wanna remind you, I send you much love, and then I want you to spread that love. I'm trying to do it in my own life, I, I, I am. It's tough, life sucks. That's why I love Game of Thrones, because it just shows you at the end of the day, someone's gonna kill you with a sword, <laughs> or you'll die by dragon fire. It's so true to what we experience in our day-to-day lives, that, that fear of mortality. All right. Much love. Spread love. Peace.